Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, especially our special guest. My name is Luke. I am your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me is Mr. Guy. And uh, for the first time ever, it is a Mr. Gino Gambino. Say hello, Mr. Gino Gambino. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I am very excited. This has been a... Uh, a hard slog we we finally got here but i'm glad uh, i'm glad we're getting a chance to chat yeah it's been a while coming you know this is something we've been working on for a long time but something we've all been looking forward to and uh our listeners love you gino so and we love you so this is uh this is a big deal for us so thank you so much for pace. It, the, the funny thing is the last time i sat at this computer uh i was uh i got notes here and it just says for some reason evil master Watto and doki choki so it must have been a good shot <laughs> <laughs> things have started off well yes indeed and mr gino i re- so we used to live in the same area yes uh, so we don't anymore i live out in the country but i used to see you wrestle and it's in a more comedic style, I guess. A few years later, I saw your your uh, mean guy, tough big man style, and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I remember seeing uh, Juicy Gino Gambino at this restaurant called The Dragonfly. Yeah, wow. It's, that feels like a lifetime ago. And, um, yeah, wrestling in a Chinese buffet restaurant, probably <laughs> a highlight of my life. We used to call it the world's greatest indoor buffet restaurant arena. Um, and the dragons, <laughs> it still stands this day. They don't do any shows, but they used to do like cabaret. Um, they used to have like, I think they even had, um, oh geez, why is his name? I've ruined the spot. Uh, what's, what's his <laughs> name? Uh, Jimmy Barnes. They had Jimmy Barnes there once. Like that's, that's oh, pretty that's right. for the dragonfly in Tullamarine. But yeah, I'm a, a Melbourne boy and, um, born and bred here. Always, uh, lived in Melbourne. Um, so I go, I have an attachment to anyone that says they're from Melbourne. Cause I think there's a, there's a secret code amongst us all. Like you, you would understand this Luke. Like if you live in the North of Melbourne, you don't like the, the people that live in the West. And if you live in the West, you don't like the people that live in the East, but if you're from Melbourne and there's someone from Sydney, you're all together. So That's right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good place to live. Uh, fuck Sydney and anyone who lives in Sydney. I can say that. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> and then. For, for whatever reason, I fell out of wrestling for a while. I won't go into that. And I got into it again. And the madam was like, oh, let's go see this wrestling show in Melbourne. So I'm like, oh, Gino's on this. And I'm like, remember him? He was this this fun character we saw at the Dragonfly. And then we see you just wreck some guy for like 20 minutes. And we're like, holy shit. <laughs> so that's amazing. Guys are interested. I'll give you the pathway of how that happened. Look, I don't know. I don't know. How long do your podcasts usually go for? As long as um, they need to. Yeah, yeah, this is going to be a long one. So, <laughs> so again, the pathway of what happened when I um when I started wrestling, I did want to be, I guess you know the cool heel that everyone wanted to be. Everyone when I started wanted to be Stone Cold because you know that was popular at the time, and the, the idea of this heel that was still liked was was this awesome idea, and, and that's what I wanted to do. And then I realised that I'm really shit at wrestling. Um, and <laughs> I was like, well, that's not going to be me. So what can I do? And I was really influenced by the Japanese product. Um, at the time, um, I'm, I'm not sure how you got how old you guys are, but I'm sure you remember LimeWire. I used to download oh, yeah. um, old Noah shows and give my family computer the viruses from all over the world. But um, <laughs> I then quickly discovered other promotions, and I was really influenced by Kit Kataro. And the Florida Brothers, uh, who were a comedy trio tag. And I was like, that looks fun. That looks like something I can do where I can still wrestle, but I can, you know, still make people laugh. Like, you know, I was always trying to be the comedic relief at school, and that's why I never did well at school. But um, I just thought, why not? If that's how I naturally want to sort of go with things, I thought, you know, I can do comedy wrestling, and, and, and that's how Mr. Juicy was kind of born. That's tremendous. So how does, Luke, uh, Kikitaru so is juicy. That, yeah. He's, he's that Sorry. guy that has his entire mask is a face with a baseball cap on it. It's yeah, that it's, guy. It's tremendous. Yeah, it's tremendous. He's, he's someone I've always wanted to wrestle. So any promotions out there that uh, <laughs> that want to book Juicy and Kikitaro, I'll do it for oh, free man. because that, that would I, be amazing. Well, Forbidden Doors open, so anything could happen. 
anything can happen. Oh, no. <laughs> as much as I'd like to believe that uh, my good friend Tony Khan would open that door for Gina, I don't think it's happening anytime soon. No. <laughs> so I'm going to jump around a little bit. There's one question I'm dying to ask you. And Please. It's, uh, all right. So it, it's about, well, it's about Doki. We, we love him here. <laughs> He's a, he's a bomb machine. He's our favourite loser. Yeah. Uh, he does lose a lot, so but we love him. <laughs> That's okay. But, it's still a result. <laughs> yes, it's, <laughs> it is indeed. But I think over the last couple of years, every time Doki was on, even Chris and Kevin would mention it. You, you've heard probably heard the impressions many times by now. And so it feels like you and Doki are linked forever in a way. And uh, how does... How do you feel about that? And how does how does Doki feel about that as well? Does he know? It's it's funny you say that. I don't think he knew for a long time. Now you got to remember, I've only just come back due to you know the world stopping for a, a fair bit of time. And um, uh, upon my return from upon the the government allowing us to leave the country and go other places, I was able to catch up with Doki. Saw him very briefly. Uh, and <laughs> let's just say he was very happy to see me and um, was able to to let me know that he appreciates the Doki Choki a lot. And to be honest, I, it's it's funny. Um, I watched Doki from his first match in New Japan and I was there for that tour. And I was like, oh, OK, he's just another guy. And, you know, he he was good. And, you know, he was obviously going to have his role within um, within the faction. And then... I just slow, he slowly watched him improve every single match. And all of a sudden, I'm like, hold on a second. This Doki guy's great. Like, at the end of the day, he's he's got a, a better gimmick than most wrestlers within the wrestling world. And he's, he can fucking go. And am I allowed to swear? Sorry, it's going to happen. But yeah, yeah. That's he, right. he can go. And it was so amazing. And I, I kind of just got behind him. I felt like he was he was the underdog. It's like when, you, um, when you're at school and the kid that's really good at math all of a sudden's like, you know, smashing the cricket ball for sixes at lunchtime cricket. You're like, how is he doing this? Where's this come from? And I was like, you know what? Doki's my dude from now on. So um, he loves it. I love it. And I'm glad that the fans are getting behind Doki Choki. Man, that is yeah. outstanding. And, and like, what's been great for us, too, is because we have slowly – I mean, we've all kind of had the same experience that you had where we're watching Doki. We're realizing as we watch him that he's no joke, you know. And I don't know if you know this, but while while you were gone, they kind of were pushing the Doki Choki. Like, that move is now a thing, you know. Like, it's, yeah. it's not it's not just a spot in his match. It's like it could end a match. And he very many – many times he has ended matches with that, which is just like, man. I love it. I, I, I'm telling you, I hope Pro Wrestling Tees comes out with a Doki Choki t-shirt. If not, I'll put it on my shop and then maybe I'll slightly sell a t-shirt. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Doki would be too happy, though. He, he, oh, he, give him uh, a cut. He'll get all the royalties. <laughs> give him a cut. <laughs> so speaking of, of being back, uh, I, I saw, I was very excited because I woke up, I saw the tweet in and I was like, Actually, funnily enough, Gino, I uh, I don't know. Am I allowed to say that I kind of knew you were commentating a little while before sure, it was yeah, announced? Sure, yeah, sure. Why not? So I asked Andy a couple of weeks ago, Gino's commentating at Wrestle Kingdom, right? And he's like, dude, he told us, remember? And I said, well, I'm not going to tell anyone if I don't remember. <laughs> Well, look, you guys have always been so good to me, and I was like, I know you would be excited. Um, and I, I, it's it's a bit like I don't know how to explain it, but it's a, it's a bit like a surprise birthday. I didn't want to ruin it for anyone, but I thought it'd be nice to tell a few people, and um, it was really nice to come back. You know, like there was a lot of angst about it, like traveling again, um, returning to Japan. Yeah. I hadn't been for practically two years, two thousand. And 19, I think, was my last, maybe 2020. I don't really, I don't really remember. It might have been the start of 2020. But the point is, it was a long time uh, between tours, and um, I just thought, gee, so I still have it in me. Like I was lucky enough, um, I had done a few boxing and MMA shows uh, in Australia. I was lucky enough to get picked up by Fight TV uh, whilst I was here, um, and that actually happened through uh, my New Japan connections. I was doing a tour. And the CEO of Fight TV just happened to be uh, at a show once uh, and he heard the commentary and just, you know, said if we ever want to do anything in Australia and the sort of ball got rolling from there. And 
luckily, um, a really good friend of mine, Mike Altamira, is a boxing promoter here and, and got me on the ball. And I think that that kept me uh, kind of uh, still in the game when it came to commentary. Because as much as people think commentary is easy, it's so difficult. It is so hard to sort of be interesting, to know your stuff. Like, if you listen to Chris Charlton, he's such an encyclopedia and he delivers it so well. Um, like, people can have the knowledge, but to be able to deliver it the way he does is is crazy. And then you have Kevin, who steers the ship. And the thing is, Kevin's the voice of professional wrestling for a very long time. And um, I don't know if he's going to mind me saying this, but there is a lot of wrestlers who approach him and say, I want you to call my match because to them, it's such a big deal to have Kevin calling their match and to have the three of us there uh, sort of with our own unique styles. I think it makes a great team and to come back and be able to, to have that team again for a wrestle kingdom was a, a really good feeling. Yeah. We well, were uh, so excited because we, you know, we, yeah. we knew, we knew you were going to be there, but then when Kevin finally put that tweet out that you were joining them at some restaurant for a fan meetup and we heard your voice, we were like, Oh shit, he's actually yeah. in Japan. Well, yes. It's funny. Look, I'll <laughs> look, I'm going to tell some insider secrets here, but um, I, I had landed that morning quite early and I was really not in the mood to do anything. Um, have a <laughs> terrible sleep on the flight over. Yeah. Uh, but thank you to that lovely lady at Melbourne Airport who blocked the seat next to me on my leg from Sydney to Tokyo, and I was able to uh, have a spare seat, which was great. So um, she uh, she helped me out there. But when I landed, I, I was like, oh, look, I don't know if I want to go. It was at Yano's bar, uh, and I was like, I don't know if I want to see him. I don't know if I want to go. And, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, Chris was like, no, no, I think you should come down. I think it's going to be worth it. And, and I'm really glad I did. Um, the fans that buy those VIP tickets are really dedicated fans. It was it was amazing to hear their thoughts on the show and everything that's happened in New Japan over the last few years. Um, yeah, so I, I highly recommend if anyone, you know, has the means to be able to do it and get those VIP tickets uh, through New Japan that uh, I think it includes travel and, and all little separate events and special merchandise. It's I highly recommend it because you get to meet me. I'm sure next year, mm -hmm. uh, God willing, knock on wood that I get to go that, um, that yeah, well, you'll get to meet me. So I highly recommend you do it. I'd be worried that Yano would mess with the food. Yeah. <laughs> Great cook. You'd be surprised. They made us Chunko Nabe and it was, it was actually amazing. Well, you you digging through the the food and there's a, a roll of tape in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> but this Yano's Yano's another guy. Uh, like I was lucky enough, I got to to wrestle Yano here in Australia um, a couple of times. And um, again, that's another guy I looked up to. Uh, I mean, when I first started wrestling, he was doing some pretty hardcore deathmatch, and you know he was a he was a hard man. And now all of a sudden, he's this great comedy wrestler. Uh, and it's 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 actually inspiring. So now I've got all the time in the world for Yano, even though he probably would spit in my drink if I ordered one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got excited, I guess, with the Rambo when as soon as Doki came out, and I was like, oh my god, Gino's on. Yeah, yep. I was, the dogies I, come out. I was waiting. I was waiting. Uh, look, I I tried to sneak onto the Rambo myself. So <coughs> sorry. That's what me. I was going to say. You should have been in the Rambo. And, and you know, I mean, I know we love New Japan here, but come on, New Japan. Let's start oh, up I, over here. I, you know? I offer my services. Uh, look, you never know. There could be a return one day of Gino Gambino to the ring yeah. of Japan. But uh, as you were saying about uh, getting back into the wrestling commentary, I remember, like, one of my favorite matches in New Japan, and you called on it. It was uh, Osprey and Shingo, you know, the best of the Super uh, Juniors fine. I still and, talk about that so often. It's such a great match. Yeah. And I felt like, all right, you got to flex your muscles in that way for another match. Funnily enough, it also has Osprey, but uh, but uh, it was Osprey Omega. I felt like that was another big match for you guys that all sink your teeth into. The commentary, the match, everything was about that was just, like, perfect. What was that like, I guess, watching? I, I'm, I, yeah, I was kind of a match of the night. Yeah. I, I took a, a, a slight break during that match. Um uh, just to sort of freshen up the, the desk and we had Don step in. Um, oh, that's right. And uh, look, it was actually, it actually gave me the opportunity to sort of sit back and, and watch. Like I got to stand sort of outside of that, like that, I don't know how you call it, the floor where the crowd sits. I sort of got to stand behind everyone and sit back and watch. And 
Incredible. Very, two very extremely talented wrestlers, um, you know, putting on a pro wrestling match. And that's that's really awesome to see. And look, I do wish I had got to call it, um, but I'm actually, there's probably probably better that I didn't. Um, I, I still felt very rusty during Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. I felt like, um, uh, you know, first show back was Wrestle Kingdom. Like I didn't even get a chance to do a, like a, a house show beforehand. So um, it was nice just to sit back and watch and take it in. And I think it actually gave me a better sort of setup for the main event of Okada and Jay White, which was also incredible. But going back to that Shingo Osprey match, uh, I had done that whole tour with Kevin. It was quite a, a long tour. And it was a, a real struggle at some points. And um, being able to call that match, uh, that, I think that's what gave me the confidence that I was probably able to do this. Like a lot of times I doubt myself, in in a, in a lot of aspects of life um so to be able to call that match and then hear it back and have so many people uh say that it was such a good match and that the commentary was good that made me feel confident that i guess that i was wanted and that the fans enjoyed my commentary and um that i was able to do it on a, on a bigger stage well next time you're feeling any kind of doubt creep into your mind just just hit us up let me just tell you this, and, and it's something I've said to a few fans uh, who have contacted me before. Uh, you got to remember that, uh, you know, I've got, a, I've got a couple of things going on. Like I, I have attention deficit disorder. I, I'm dyslexic. Um, you know, when I was at home, my, my parents spoke another language. So uh, I didn't really start speaking English properly until I went to school. So to be commentating with those, you know, with those barriers on one of the most premier wrestling shows in the world uh to me is you know a great achievement and you know sometimes i doubt myself sometimes i i mumble sometimes i stuff up my words sometimes i put words in the wrong order i'm pretty sure i called uh, uh tama tonga's finish the uh stun gun the other day but look if, uh, if, you just bear with me, yep. <laughs> if you bear with me and if you sort of come along for the ride and understand that uh, I'm just, you know, trying my best with those few obstacles in my way, then, you know, it's really appreciated. It's funny, well, I mean, that, like, uh, yeah. not funny, but uh, I mean, like, I also have ADHD, so uh, it's like, it? all right. So <laughs> n not only do I ha have a, a kind of an Aussie on commentary, which is really cool because it yeah. doesn't matter what promotion, I've never had, like, a major Aussie voice uh, before on it, and I feel like that's really cool, but ADHD as well. I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and this, is I feel the, that. this is the reason why I say it, because there is a lot of people out there who, like me, uh, have obstacles. And, uh, and they're not even obstacles, but they are challenges. There's things you have to move on and try and find ways around in life. Like, you should see me send text messages. You'd be like, I don't even know what you're writing, mate. This is just gibberish. But um, <laughs> to be honest, to be able to now be at the level I'm at, it, it's possible for anything. I don't think there's any barriers in the world anymore. Um, I think we're a very open and free society, which is, is so, so overwhelming in a positive light. Uh, and to be able to, as I said, I, I want fans to know that, you know, even if they feel like there is no chance because I, you know, I'm dyslexic or whatever it might be, it's, it's not even the case anymore. Whatever whatever barriers or obstacles you feel you have in your life, there is opportunity um, around every corner. I got to have one of the most, you know, successful and longest runs uh, with the heavyweight title in Australia. Um, I got to, you know, call New Japan. I got to wrestle on New Japan. So um, there is a lot of opportunity out there, and I'll never hide away from, you know, those things, those those little barriers in my life um, because everyone's got them. We You talk to anyone and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't know that about you. And um, I think it gives them a little bit of, hope that yeah you can achieve whatever you want as long as you are willing to put that work in hell yeah man that is tremendous stuff and like well gina were you were you always good on the mic though i mean like was that something that you struggled with coming up in wrestling is uh, promos and stuff like that oh uh, look my promos were never like they'll never world class <laughs> let's put it that way but um i was i was very lucky my dad uh, hosted his own radio show in Melbourne for oh. a very long time, um, an international one, uh, and promoted uh, music events. So he was constantly on the microphone. So as a kid, I just thought that was normal. I thought everyone's dad promoted music events and had a radio show. Like, I just thought that's what people <laughs> did. So um, as, a, as a younger kid, I got to go on his radio show every now and often. I remember, uh, like, I, I was not shy as a kid. 
Uh, so I would like walk into the other studios at the radio show and demand that they interviewed me. Uh, <laughs> sometimes they would, and they would ask me what I wanted to be. And I'd always say a pro wrestler. Um, nice. So I'm glad I got to achieve that goal. But um, yeah, I, I'm pretty comfortable public speaking or, you know, behind a mic. Um, probably I mean, it's going to be a little bit sad, but I'll just tell it. But um, I think the one time I kind of realized that, I think public speaking for me is uh, unfortunately my mother passed away about 13 years ago and I did the eulogy at her um, at her funeral and a family member walked up to me and he goes, goes mate, I, I don't know what to tell you, but at the end of the eulogy, I just want to stand up and clap. It was so good. And I was just like, oh, I guess if I can do my mum's eulogy, then I can do anything. So um, it is it is nice to be able to have that sort of um, – skill and that confidence but yeah probably owe a lot to my dad because he did spend a lot of time behind a microphone there's a lot of photos in our house of him uh trying to be a singer trying to <laughs> trying to public speak so um yeah look I, i've been able to talk promos haven't been my strong point but uh i just think you know being able to you know call what i see and have some interesting things to say have got me over the line um in a lot of my in a lot of the matches i've called sometimes one of my favorite calls that you do is just like someone just gets kicked and you're just like, oh, sometimes well, this, that's all you need. Yeah, and this is how I call my shows. So I'm really talking a lot about myself here, but this is how okay. I call my shows. Um, I, I try to do it as if I'm in the lounge room with you. I think um, the most successful podcasts and the most successful radio shows and um, commentary teams are the ones that – sound like they're there with you, right? If I was to, again, this is just my opinion. If I was to sit there and read it straight, if I was to sit there and be like, um, oh, this and this and this, you'd be like, yeah, it's just kind of in the background and I don't know. To me, one of the most successful commentary teams isn't anything to do with wrestling, but it's the Australian cricket commentary, right? When you listen to James Brayshaw and Kerry O'Keefe and those guys, it sounds like you're having fun with them. And I think that's really important. I think that's what separates... Uh, Chris, Kevin and I from, uh, and Rocky as well from other commentary teams is we're, we're there along with you. Like we're, te- we're, we're in the room with you and, ha- and just like you would with a mate and be like, Oh my God, did you see that? Oh my God. Like we will do that with you where sometimes I think other wrestling shows focus too much on trying to be like the sports broadcaster of the 1980s. Like where I want to be more the mate that's sitting next to you and saying, Oh my God, did you see what Suzuki just did? And um, I think that's really important to sort of separate us from the herd. I got a bit of that vibe from Noah and it's, it's not wrong. Like if they want to do a more sports sure, presentation, yeah, that's, that's fine. But I have to admit, like, I like you guys just, there's professionalism there. Of course there is, but I, mm. I, it feels like you guys are hanging out watching a wrestling show. And I think that's important because let's let's look at the demographic of New Japan viewers. Like, uh, you know, like WWE has a lot of younger viewers. They, they're trying to sell it to a different market. So that probably wouldn't work for them. Um, where with us, we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, people between the ages of 20 and 40 who have lot, watched a lot of wrestling. Like they're tuning into New Japan because they know who Kenny Omega is. They know who Will Ospreay is. They understand how important Okada and Tanahashi are to the product. So for me to... Uh, sit there and try and educate that person. I think that's insulting. Like at the end of the day, we're all fans, so we should all be able to sit there and and have a conversation about how awesome wrestling is at the moment um, and how great a show is. Like if, if I see something uh, that, that I think's you know not going well, I'm going to say it because it's not going well, and I'm not going to sit there and insult fans and be like, "Oh, that was great," when you, when we clearly know it wasn't. Um, like there was one year. Uh, it would have been a few years ago, but I remember Okada wearing new boots and he had slipped around a lot during the match. And we had spoken about it because it is a part of wrestling. Like I've worn new boots before and, and I'll tell you now, it's really difficult to wrestle in them. But we pointed it out where I think other commentary teams would have ignored it because it's not part of the story. But it is part of the story because he he's a man fighting another man and he's slipping around in his boots. It's going to cost him. So why wouldn't we point it out? Like, Again, I don't want to insult fans by pretending things that aren't happening that are clearly happening in the ring. 
Well, here's a great example of that, and you're right. And one of the great things about New Japan and you, the way you guys do commentary there is, as you said, that slipping around, whatever that that kind of faux pas that's going on is, is part of the story. Because, it, it, I mean, we're watching, you know, the the juniors tag match on Wrestle Kingdom. All right, Leah Rush cases facing on the on the uh, entrance ramp. Well, that wasn't part of the match. You know, that wasn't something they were, they were planning on caving his face in on that. And, and then so, all of a sudden, it's the biggest part of the match the, and, the and, busted and you guys right? you guys worked it in just like they did and it was like harmony it was it, that was a beautiful piece of commentary pro wrestling overall on wrestle kingdom and i was i love that that was awesome and, and i think it's important because it's the way i try to wrestle as well i remember wrestling um here in melbourne once and, and the guy i was wrestling slipped over and cracked the back of his head open pretty badly but uh you know we were able to get him away and continue doing our other things without it being a super obvious but b not insulting the fans by pretending that didn't just happen and i think i think that's really put on but going back to the noah guys i think they're fantastic i think i really like their style i really like the way they call things um you know there, there was a lot of talk about um you know different people going over there and who are they going to get to commentate i i love paul lazenby i've got all the time in the world for him he's such a genuine uh guy so to hear him on commentary was great as well um, I, th I think they've got a, a great, great style, and I think it fits their product. Um, to be honest, I actually wish I got to call more stardom stuff. Um, that's something that I think would be really awesome if they if they got a full time English commentary team. I'd probably put my hand up for that because the wrestling there is amazing. So, um, yeah, there's, again, every team's got their own style, and every team's good for different reasons. Uh, and then some people won't like our style, like some people might not like AEW's commentary team or WWE's, but then there's going to be fans who are really dedicated and really enjoy that style of commentary. There's always going to be that st those stubborn few, those like, I don't speak the language, but I'm watching the Japanese wrestling in Japanese. I don't, I don't blame them. I, I, I even said that in, in the pre-record that we did before the show started for Wrestle Kingdom. I said, now that you know I'm on commentary, this is your chance to switch over to Japanese commentary. <laughs> because I get it. Like, I, I, can, I can be annoying. I'm sure Chris and Kevin can be annoying to some people. Um, I, get, I, get why, I get why you'd want to watch Japanese commentary. Um, I kind of wish more sports in the world had the option to switch over to other commentary of different teams that you like because – um, it would be a great option to have, and with technology, I'm sure it's possible. But, um, yeah, look, the Japanese commentary is – watching it back with Japanese commentary is very different in my mind. It is such a uh, such a theatrical – like, they really put a lot of emotion into everything that's happening. So I get why a lot of people do. And if that's your choice, I'm absolutely behind it um, because it, it, I think it's a fantastic way to sort of enjoy an authentic product. Well, I've been guilty of that as uh wanting oh, for to, sure. so you know, Go listen, it, it's uh sometimes I, I they do sound very rehearsed sometimes, which is just funny because they have their kind of they're kind of like spiels that they have to get out. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. if, if uh, Tai Chi's going for a suplex, everyone has, everything has to stop so they can all yes. yell dangerous, you know? So <laughs> it's, uh, which, which I think is fun because I don't know what they're saying anyway, except when they say English and call every move a brain buster. So <laughs> uh, I, look, I, to, be, to be honest, I, I really, I've done it myself. I have called matches and then gone back and watched them with Japanese uh, commentary because I just want to, I just want to hear it. I, I'm a big fan of the uh, 80s, uh, you know, New Japan style. Yeah. So going back and watching that, I've actually, me, Kevin, myself, and Chris got to call a few old uh, Liger matches. Um, and I just didn't feel like we we're doing it justice because, A, we weren't there, so the vibe wasn't the same. But, um, yeah, the Japanese commentary to those old matches is incredible as well. So, again, whatever people choose, whichever side they choose to listen to, I'm all for it because I think it's great to have that option. I'm usually English because I get easily distracted, ADHD. So ADHD, at least yes, if there's yep. voices going on, uh, I can hear what's going on. So, <laughs> but uh, I've been guilty of choosing the Japanese commentary over the English in case I haven't fully caught up on a previous show because sure. I know the uh, Japanese com commentary, they could spoil anything they want. And uh, <laughs> I understand them, so it's fine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. Well, I have a question about... Um, I just kind of feelings, I guess, is that, I, you know, Wrestle Kingdom is a big thing for us every year. Obviously, you know, we do a New Japan podcast and, and it's like it builds up to that. 
and it's this huge release. And like, I don't feel bad afterwards, but I feel kind of like there's a come down, a definite come down. What's sure. it like traveling to Japan, being on the show and then traveling back home? I mean, what is what is that? That's got to be quite an emotional uh, roller coaster, <laughs> I would think. Well, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you now. A lot of people are gonna dispute this, but I'm telling you now, I coined this phrase, and I will I will swear by anything to say that I'm the one who invented this phrase. And the phrase is post wrestling depression. Okay, PWD, um, and it's something I used to get a lot after I wrestled. Now, uh, funnily enough, I was actually only talking about this the other day with a friend because I went and saw uh, Louis C.K. do some stand up here in Melbourne, which was fantastic. And what I'd heard is that later that night he had gone to a crappy comedy bar in like Armadale, which is like you know the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, and did a, did an hour there in front of like twenty people, right? And I thought to myself, maybe that's what we're missing in wrestling. See, a, a comedian, a band, um, look, you know, like Tism went and played, you know, in Croxley oh, yeah. the other day. Uh, I wish I wish I'd have gone to because it's, it's one of my favorite bands. But um, the point is they have the opportunity to still have an outlet post-show or pre-show. So, you know, Louis C.K. just wanted to do another hour because he was feeling a bit flat and he wanted to sort of spike his, you know, dopamine again. So he went and did it. A pro wrestler can't be like, you know what, I might just go wrestle down the street. <laughs> <laughs> this time. Um, so I wish we kind of had that, but yeah, PWD process and depression, it, it's a real thing. Um, there is a high spike of adrenaline and dopamine throughout the show. And then all of a sudden you come back to earth and, you know, some people go back to their regular jobs, you know, and, and that's the truth of it. Unfortunately, sometimes wrestling doesn't pay great for everyone. So I can understand the independent guys and the guys who are starting out, you know, they might have to return to their job as a, as a janitor, you know, at a school, which I know someone that did that for years, you know, they were a superstar overseas and then came back to Australia and they were, you know, cleaning toilets. So um, it's, a, it's, it's a bit of a bite of reality. It is hard to deal with. Um, definitely had a couple of flat days over the last few days. Um, but it is understanding that that's why it's happening, is that you've just probably come off a peak of being in front of 30,000 people in the Tokyo Dome and, you know, a million odd listening at home. So um you just have to deal with it and it, it but it is true and, and i think people uh i think that's the one thing maybe fans don't see as much of is that is that post feeling of well it's really over now and uh yeah i guess i'm just a normal person again but it, it, look i don't have any remedies of how to deal with it i think it's just important that you realize it is the reason why you're feeling the way you're feeling that's good that's good yeah i you know i figured uh it was something that it's just one of those things I always think about, because like you said, a wrestler, you know, they hit these highs and they can't just go wrestle some guy down the street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah which exactly. Which would, be, would exactly. be funny, but uh, I think they'd all end up in jail eventually. Yes. But, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> now, during the main event uh, of Wrestle Kingdom, you uh, were getting settled. Don Callis was leaving. Um, and you were getting settled back. And, and Jay White, during his entrance, he almost attacked Chris for smiling. Oh, Drew New Year's yeah. Dash, yeah. Um, New Year's Dash, sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, what? Chris annoys a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> the, Chris annoys a lot of people. And obviously Jay's feeling a lot of emotions at the moment. There's a lot going on. There's so many rumors. There's so many this. There's so many that. He did just lose the title to Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, it's a lot to deal with. And if Chris is going to be smirking behind his mask, then it's going to come at him. I was, I was happy to jump in. I don't know which way I would have gone, but right. I think that I was my question. <laughs> <laughs> but it, look, um, yeah, it was very interesting and very heated. Um, and I loved it, to be honest. I thought it was, I thought it was one of the moments <laughs> of the night. As much as we had all those surprises and all those cool things happen, I think Jay White jumping the barrier to fight Chris Charlton was probably <laughs> number one for me. That's definitely what Doki's doing when he hits the uh, Polney commentary. It's that Chris, isn't it? I bet you it's that Chris. Well, for some reason, I have no idea why, but both Evil and Sonata wanted to fight me. And I'm, I was looking at Kevin. I'm like, I've just come back. I've done nothing wrong here. Evil took a swing at me. Sonata kept staring at me and pointing at me. It was bizarre. <laughs> I've only wrestled those guys once before, and that was like five years ago, so they still can't be hot about that. Um, yeah, so I don't know what was going on that night, but there was lots, lots of emotion. <laughs> Long-term storytelling in for yeah, versus Gino. Was that the festival hall show? Uh, yeah, the first festival hall show we did. I, yeah. uh, 
uh, Bad Luck Fale and I wrestled uh, Evil and Sonata. So, you know, I actually really enjoyed that match. So, uh, and, and again, I got to wrestle Evil and Sonata, like when they were at their peak. So I can't really sit yeah. there and say that it wasn't good. Yeah, I was there. It was, uh, it was, it was a really good show. Uh, I, they had the tag titles at the time. And I remember my sister bought herself a LAJ shirt. Uh-huh. But uh, after the show, for some reason, they're letting us hang around and meet some of the wrestlers. So she sees Evil and Sonata and then looks at them. Oh, I should go get a photo with them. And then she sees Jay White, you know, abs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff, and she's just like, I don't care what T-shirt I'm wearing. She bypasses <laughs> Evil and Sonata, Perfect. gets a photo with Switchblade. <laughs> I love it. Uh, look, I I really hope one day when like if I ever get diagnosed with a terminal illness or with or if I ever have an opportunity to never return to wrestling again, I'll really have to do a very long podcast about that tour. I I was you know designated promoter for that tour and. Um, I tell you, oh, if if you guys knew half the things that had happened, and, and nothing bad, nothing with the wrestlers, just in the sense of the coordination of the whole process, and then the one that was the year after, you would be you'd be mind boggled about how full on those those few tours were. But really glad we got to return to Festival Hall. Um, and you know, for your fans who don't know, Festival Hall is like our Corrigan Hall in Australia. It was such a big yeah. deal. Um, in the 60s and 70s, like like Ric Flair has wrestled at Festival Hall. Like it's 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 an important place for us. So um, to be able to go back there and have Australian wrestling back at Festival Hall, uh, I feel like that was a you know a little crowning achievement. I can pat myself on the back for. Definitely, and I never noticed any problems as, as an audience member, and I don't think anyone I was with did either. So. Well, that's good, uh, and I don't think what? anyone did because a lot of it was uh, behind the curtains. And again, I don't think even any of the wrestlers knew what was going on. But uh, logistically, to run those two tours was an absolute nightmare. And again, one day I might have to, uh, as I said, do a an hour long podcast just about how crazy it was because um, I think a lot of people would have something to say about uh, all the things we had to do. And it's, you know, putting out little fires is, is the best way to put it. But at the same time, there's a raging volcano behind you. <laughs> you fire with your bucket of water. So um, but it, it was a great tour. And um, I think we're, we're really lucky to have New Japan. And, and again, looking to return uh, February this year, um, now that borders are open. So that will be, it's going to be great for us. Yes, now, you, February I, this year. On my wedding anniversary. Thank you, Gino and you <laughs> fans. Your anniversary. Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah. Great, a great gift uh, reckon, for, uh, I for charity. I reckon I can swing it. Yeah. Um, I hope, hopefully I'll, I'll talk to it. But, uh, you know, and there's a New Japan show on that night too. So double thanks, New Japan. That's like uh, <laughs> <laughs> complaining about having great wrestling. Yeah. Casey, how dare we put on all this good wrestling for you? Yes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Please allow me to complain to one of the commentators about getting content. <laughs> <Exactly. on my laughs> I'm excited about New Japan like branching out because it seems to me that they're trying to pick up where they left off, you know, before the world shut down and kind of go into other countries. They said, you know, during Wrestle Kingdom and New Year's Dash, they're promoting the shows in, you know, Australia as well as in, uh, you know, America, and and that's exciting because it feels like that they're. They're really going to put work into that and kind of take a different approach this time, I think. Yeah, look, it's it's interesting. I uh, I kind of feel like it's a slow rebuild for everybody. Um, everybody's trying to just get back to where we were at. 2018 and 19 were huge uh, for wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, just look at some of the cards that we had and some of the kingdoms. Um, so to have 30,000 people inside Tokyo Dome uh, – post-pandemic is an incredible achievement in itself. So, look, hopefully things are on the way back up and, um, and yeah, the, that the, the slow sort of integration of shows overseas uh, are, are just a bonus for everyone because, again, uh, you know, the idea of any wrestling show coming to Australia uh, when I first started wrestling was non-existent. Our, our first tour um, was the WWE one in, like, 2003, 2002. Yeah, I could Brock be wrong. Lesnar, yeah, global warning and um, yeah, yeah, geez. And let me tell you, I I sat in the furthest nosebleed section seats you could have in your life, 
And I still, to this day, believe that The Rock saw me and pointed at me. So... You're one of the millions. Definitely did. That's amazing. Yes. He definitely <laughs> did. If I ever meet Dwayne, I'm going to say, do you remember when you pointed at me at the Telstra Dome? And I'm sure he'll remember. He will. I'm sure. And at least he, he'll he'll say he will. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of things opening up and people being able to go to Japan and wrestle again, what I'm loving about New Japan right now, I hope you do too, is, man, there's a lot of Aussies on, on New Japan right now. Uh, so many Australians. Let me give you a quick history lesson, boys. Uh, so uh, when I first started wrestling, um, the idea of anyone having a tryout, the idea of anyone being signed, the idea of anyone being on any show was non-existent. We had one guy when I first started, so this is about 2005, named Lee Star. And Lee Star went to, you know, six foot two, really jacked guy, uh, went to Canada and and was training under Landstorm and got a dark match on a SmackDown. Uh, got to have a tryout. And we shit our pants. We could not <laughs> believe that this man got like we couldn't believe it. It was it was a shock. It was an absolute shock. Um, because it was so unheard of. And then it's as if the world just went, no, no, we can do this because the internet exists now. Uh, and everyone was able to sort of put their hand in and hand in, you know, a copy of their stuff to whichever promotion they were interested to. And we had gay, guys like um, Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, Jag Hartley Jackson uh, go over. Uh, like, you remember Jag Hartley Jackson was uh, a New Japan lo- uh, young boy out of the LA dojo, um, uh, same as Davis Storm was there as well. Um, and these guys came back with that knowledge and were able to pass it on, which I think was really important. Uh, and then, you know, Jonah Rock, Bronson, uh, was then a young lion at, oh, I wouldn't say young lion, but young boy at Noah uh, under Shane and Mike. Uh, and all of a sudden this ball started rolling that it was it was possible to to become a, a pro wrestler. Uh, and for a, for a notable company, I remember sending my DVD through Shane and Mike to Noah. What a surprise! I never got a call back. But <laughs> right. uh, and and I think I've had four WWE tryouts since. Um, <laughs> and I, I look, I probably shouldn't tell this story, but I will. But I remember receiving an email, and they said we we can tell that you were respected by your peers. Um, we appreciate the effort, but Mr. Juicy will never, ever be in the WWE. So I just went, okay, I think think that's a pretty clear no. Um, And then they gave my gimmick to Bull Dempsey anyway. So obviously (laughs) there's a bit of room for me. Um, But look, every trial I've done, um, the the talent that's been picked up from there, uh, Rhea Ripley, uh, Duke Hudson, uh, Dakota Kai, um, all these people that are so talented – and are now uh, doing so well in WWE. Like, look at Rhea Ripley alone. It's if yeah. if he had told me when I first met that girl when she was like 17 in Adelaide and she was just like a young rookie. Like we all knew she was special, but geez, it, to be as far up as she is is just incredible for us. So um, to have guys like Aussie Open, um, to get have guys like Australian Suicide in Mexico. Um, there's so much talent out there. There was such a such a vast pool. And the thing I do sort of get sad about is that when I first started, there was so much talent then that have missed that opportunity because it wasn't as mm. frequent. Triads didn't happen. The idea of going overseas wasn't as easy as it is now. Um, but these guys like Aussie Open um, decided that, hey, we're going to go to the UK and make a name for ourselves. And now they're wrestling, you know, the finals of the, you know, uh, tag league incredible that's incredible um and they they have worked so hard and they deserve it more than anyone because i've watched them from you know um two young guys in australia that you know probably uh, you know probably weren't going to think that they were ever going to be on that grand stage to go to the uk and sacrifice so much and then move on to new japan it's well deserved um robbie eagles another one someone i watched uh from day one just absolutely do everything they can to be a professional wrestler. And I'm sure, I'm sure I won't steal his story, but you should ask him about his WWE tryout and, and what was said to him, because I think for him to be where he is now is a great, you know, a great way to say to them, well, I told you so. So um, yeah, it, it, there's so much talent here. There's so much more to come. And I, I really hope the shows that we do here, especially with new Japan 
give those fans on New Japan World the opportunity to see um, the talent we do have. Um, and that, that there is a chance that, you know, you might see the next Robbie Eagles or Aussie Open on one of those shows. What did you think, Chino, when you, I mean, you know Jonah, uh, Bronson Reed, obviously. And what did you think of uh, watching him versus Okada in October? Oh. I mean, that shit was amazing, right? Yeah, oh, look, so Jonah Rocker, Bronson Reed and I have been friends for a very long time, um, really close friends. So two, I had two feelings. I watched him in Okada and I went, look at my friend go. Wow. I'm like, look, look wow. at my, my, my friends there with Okada and, you know, and, and he's doing so well. And then a bit of me went, I wish I was there to call it. Um, yeah. And to be honest, I, I, and I thought about this. I actually think I would have got very emotional um, if I was there. I think I, I dare say I would have probably cried or stormed the ring to hug him because um, I know what he's been through. I know how much sacrifice he's made to be there and to have that opportunity in that match was so good. It was so good. And he, he's done all the right things. So, again, to, for him to be where he is now, I, I know he's happy. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you, he would have been just as happy if he had a state in New Japan because he just loves wrestling. That's his life. Pro wrestling is for him. Um, it's something that's going to be for him forever. So, uh, yeah, an amazing match. And I really I really wish I was there to call it. Seeing uh, Carter, who rarely loses, lose to someone from our neck of the woods. I know, from yeah. Adelaide, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. It's freaking awesome. Nice coffee for breakfast. Uh, yeah, an incredible achievement. And again, another another proof that Australian wrestling really has some amazing talent here um, that, you know, he was entrusted with Okada and was able to beat him and, and you know, having myself on commentary and, and Robbie Eagles as the junior uh, champion for so long and yeah then like you know again Aussie Open in the finals of the Tag League Shane uh, and Mike now returning as TMDK incredible it's 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 actually unbelievable to be honest and I look forward to the future well I mean speaking of the future we I, I, you kind of let it slip recently that you're not really in Bullet Club, which I was shocked to find out about. I didn't realize. <laughs> I thought you I thought you were, of course, a member of Bullet Club. Of course. But, I mean, <laughs> I, does this mean that maybe you might be, you know, in just four guys and you'll be the fifth guy or maybe how, you're going to join TMDK, just, you know? I've never laughed more in my life than just four guys. I thought it was a <laughs> of Mookie Bash. Um, what a faction. I would 100% be the fifth guy. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it's funny. I got a, a message from uh, Jake Hartley Jackson, uh, who who was who's part of Team DK, and he said to me, he goes, hey, they let Gideon wrestle every now and then for <laughs> for the uh, Empire. Then surely I can wrestle for Team DK once again. <laughs> and I said, right, surely I can. Look, at this point, I, I'm I, I'm still Bullet Club for life, but if anyone comes with an offer, be it Team DK, House of Torture, just four guys, whoever, Ally J, even I'll I'll put up the fist if I have to. Uh, <laughs> count me in. I'm 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 easily bought. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I don't know how nice. Bull, Bullet Club should have gotten him that tracksuit early, and then this wouldn't have that's, happened. That's exactly that's my true. point. <laughs> yeah, it's look. I I love the Bullet Club guys. They've always been great to me. Bad, bad luck father is the reason I exist in New Japan. So I can never turn my back on him. But again, just four guys is a fantastic faction name. <laughs> so I'm, I'm I'm leaning towards them at the moment. Well, I'm I'm just you know it's been really fun to talk to you about all this stuff. I I'm interested in your wrestling career as well. Obviously, you're not retired. So you know it's uh, it's whoever whoever. Whoever challenges you next, right? I guess so. Look, the, the, I won't lie. There isn't any uh, sh any um, short. Well, that's not the word I'm looking for. There isn't any lack of uh, offers. That's for sure. Um, I, I have taken a bit of a health kick. Uh, I've been lucky enough to drop sort of 30 kilos. Probably got another 30 more. I'm actually smaller, uh, less now than when I was wrestling. So that's always a good sign. Um, so look, I would like to, but I, I would like it to be worth it. Uh, it's funny. I <laughs> I was uh, backstage and, and I offered Kenta a match in Melbourne and he didn't say no. So if yeah, so if I, look, I'm open to fight Kenta um, and uh, I'm sure that can, that can be arranged, but 
look, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do anymore. Um, I, I was just happy and really humbled and grateful to be back. Um, it, it took a lot to sort of feel like I could come back. I didn't want to sort of take a spot from someone because there's so many mm. great commentators, just like in Australia alone. Um, guys like, uh, you know, Andy Coyne are, are really well respected here when it comes to commentary. So um, I, I don't want to sit here and say that, you know, oh, I deserve to be there because of this, that, and the other. It's it's hard work, and I have to keep my position because there is a lot of people who can can easily do what I do, uh, and and I know how lucky I am to have it. So at this stage, I'm just grateful that I got to return for Wrestle Kingdom. If I get to return for another show, um, be it like something like Dominion or like the end of the G1 or something like that, even better. Um, as for wrestling, uh, it look it isn't a, it's not definitely and a complete no, um, but it'll have to be something really special, something that I want to do. And um, look, hopefully you guys can can come, uh, Luke, especially if if I do do that. But um, yeah. yeah, look, the one thing I've never done, I've never wrestled in a cage. I've done like oh, right okay. center matches. I've done detention center matches, but I've never done an old school <laughs> 1990s cage match. But again, any promoter that wants to book that, uh, I'm on my way. So. Yeah, um, interesting. I don't know what the future holds. Again, just sort of grateful for what's happened so far this year and, and hopefully there's a little bit more Gino uh, on New Japan World. Well, then you guys like heard you it say first. you want to wrestle Kenta, but uh, I yeah. wonder if you'll still think that the first time he kicks you. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. if it's in like cage in Melbourne. Yeah, well, look, if he wrestles me, he has to wear uh, the brown and yellow gimmicks again like go. the brown yeah. kick pads the brown and yellow shorts otherwise i'm not wrestling <laughs> <laughs> i want i want no Akinta. i want the old school oh, but do you i mean see that's the thing <laughs> yes i do i really okay. do <laughs> Woo. yeah i don't know uh he's uh he's a violent man back then although he hasn't changed much i mean you know now just Tom Hashi, they're just that's trying to kill each other yeah it's great i, I love japanese wrestling so much it, it's great to see gino this has been absolutely amazing it's kind of surreal and awesome that, to talk to like just one of the voices of new japan pro wrestling and to have him be a local boy as well is amazing too so thank you so much no thank you guys and i, I just want to say from uh, kevin chris and i uh, we really appreciate your support uh through everything uh it's been amazing to have you guys um on board with us and you know you you also help the fans a lot as well so thank you for uh allowing me on your podcast today and i i honestly look forward to a long friendship with you guys and um hopefully to have all three of us uh on your podcast very soon that would be outstanding awesome thanks gino thank you mate thank you